too heavy that just seems like I can't handle it when there's been times that I've needed a healing there is no greater thing to do than to lift your hands and worship and give it to him because he says in your worship you'll be made free you'll be healed and it's not about us it's about him it's about inviting him in saying Lord this is where I don't feel like I have the strength, where I don't feel like I have the ability, where I'm scared, where I'm frightened, but I'm gonna worship you anyway because the power of his love overcomes everything in your life. It covers my life and it gives me hope and peace. Oh God, Lord, we worship you tonight. Hallelujah. Oh God, Lord, we give you all. Amazing love, you gave it all. You took. 
You can be seated tonight for just a second. Psalm 77, 14 says, You are the God who performs. Somebody say performs. Miracles. You display your power among the peoples. How many know and can testify tonight that the God that we serve is a God that performs miracles? How many know that when everything says no and God says yes, that's all you need? How many know it doesn't matter what your circumstances are, doesn't matter what's lined up against you, all that matters is who's for you. And tonight, if you be in Christ, the Son of the living God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one that spoke life into man, 
is with you. He's on your side, and that's all you need tonight. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I want in this moment to, to say, I, I feel like testifying in this, this little mini segment I got right here. Um, and we drove, many of you know we've moved here from Oklahoma. All of you know that, hopefully. But um, moved my wife from all she's known to, to Ohio. We were looking for a house because we lived in my sister's basement. I don't know if you've ever lived in your sister's basement, but we were looking for a house. Can somebody help me? We drove and looked everywhere, couldn't find anything that we had to have. Nothing felt right. Drove through a neighborhood, drove through this neighborhood, and finally we settled in on this one neighborhood. And I remember as I drove by, I said, God, I want to live in that neighborhood. Two weeks later, still looking for a house, couldn't find anything, driving Debbie Beeler crazy, taking us to house everywhere from Springboro to Mason and everywhere in between. She, my wife wanted to, I didn't let us go that far, but... But I remember two weeks later, we looked in that neighborhood again, and, and a house came open. And I looked at it real close, and hear me. I looked at it real close, and, and then I even went, I remember we, I drove, went and drove by it, and I said, Whitney, don't you know, when, when we drove through that neighborhood, I looked at that house and said, I really like that one. And as we drove by, two weeks before it came for sale, as we drove by, I said, I want to live in that house not only, or I want to live in that neighborhood. Not only did we get in that neighborhood, but the one that I liked, the one that was on my heart that I desired. I'm not one of the, the, the say this is mine type people, but God just did something miraculous there. The couple needed to move out from situation. We got it at a price that we needed. We're in the house. We're enjoying it. It's the perfect situation. Can I tell you that God can do anything, that God can work any miracle, that it doesn't matter the smallest thing that you're up against or the largest thing that you're up against. I just feel like God wants to do something in our hearts and our lives tonight to get all the credit and all the glory for his name. Does anybody else believe that? Anybody else believe that? Amen. Amen. Go ahead. The ushers are going to come tonight and we're going to take up the offering. And as they do that, I asked the pastor if I could do this one here. We've had a few. This is our first Sunday after four weeks of youth camp out at River's Edge Camp. How many have ever been out to the Church of God camp out there in Morrow? Many of us. Uh, many of us have probably got saved and called to ministry, baptized in the Holy Spirit out there. We had a few kids that, that were there all four weeks of camp. Some of them went the first week as campers, and then three weeks they worked. And I went out there a couple of the nights, and I didn't go last week. I wasn't able to go. But I would see our kids, your kids, that you're raising up, this generation that you're raising up, serving out there. They weren't out there having fun and goofing off even though they were enjoying themselves. They were out there working. I saw one boy, he was cleaning trash up during church, going around all the trash cans, cleaning the bathrooms, and he still came and didn't smell like the bathroom and didn't smell like the, he went took a shower and came, came, came into church and was watching kids who might be text messaging during church. He was a, like a security guard there. He worked his, that whole week and then the next week and he did so good and was such a servant that the camp director gave him $80 as a gift because he noticed his hard work. I want all of our kids that, that went to camp to stand. Go ahead and do that if we can really fast. And then I want, I want everybody that worked camp or was able to be there. I, I kind of, uh, uh, anybody that, that just worked camp, just go ahead and just lift your hand really fast. Now you can stay standing. I didn't mean to, that you worked camp. We had a number of kids that worked camp, these, these over here. So would we just put our hands together and appreciate what God did, not only in their lives at camp, Many of you contributed to that by sponsoring kids, and we're thankful 
We're very thankful for that and thankful for what God did in them. Let's pray over this offering. Father, thank you. We bless you and praise you for the spirit of God that's in this house tonight. God, I'm anticipating, God, what you've given the pastor. I'm anticipating, God, what you have in, in store for us, God, tonight. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you for your grace and your precious anointing and the cross that made that all possible. Lord, your sacrifice there. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, Lord. We know that you love us. We know that you, when it talks, that song makes mention of grace. If grace was like an ocean, we'd all be sinking. Lord, we understand love lifted me. It lifts us. It holds us. It embraces our lives. And we are so grateful. The mercy of God that runs after us. The love of God finds us in the grace of God that gives us what we do not deserve. We thank you tonight. We honor you. Your love is evident. Your love is in this place. Would you lift your hands all over this place? Would you just honor the love of God in your life? He found you. He sought you. He picked you up. He laid on your heart the ability, the wisdom the mind to be able to call on him. Aren't you glad tonight? He didn't leave you to yourself. He didn't leave you out there to all your own ways. He found you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. How he loves you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. How many of you know Jesus loves you? Jesus loves me. This I know. The Bible tells me so. Amen. Thank you to our Celebrate Recovery worship team. They're here every Friday night. Amen. Just about every night of the week, there's some kind of a service going on here. It takes a lot of praise and worship bands. I think Gary would demand a raise if I made him come out here every night. But he, uh, he's got some talented and wonderful folks that work in different ministries, different praise teams that all come together and do a great job. I want to get right into the Word of God tonight. Turn it, if you would, to Genesis. It's in the Old Testament the first book I don't know that I've ever preached from Genesis chapter 1 but I'm going to do that tonight Genesis chapter 1 I'm going to take just a few moments and you'll have to just trust me 
There's a reason why I want to read to you the entire chapter. 31 verses. Can you handle 31 verses? I think if you come on Sunday night, you can handle 31 verses. You come on Sunday night, you mean business. You come at 8.30 on Sunday morning, you mean business. But those folks these days who come on Sunday night, you're, you're coming because you've got a hunger and a desire for God. And I know you're here to meet him. I'm going to take a different approach to Genesis chapter 1, probably a more different approach than perhaps you've ever heard. Let's read. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? 31 verses now. If you get tired, you can sit down a verse or two. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Turn to somebody and say, God said. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters thus God made the firmament firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament and it was so and God called the firmament heaven so the evening and morning were the second day then God said let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear and it was so and god called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas and god saw it saw that it was good then god said let the earth bring forth grass the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind. Aren't you glad he made that rule? If he hadn't made that rule, you'd never know what you'd get if you plant apple, apple tree. There wouldn't be an apple tree. It'd be a tree. It'd grow all kinds of things. He set order there. And the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and the herb that yields seed according to its kind and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind and God saw that it was good so the evening and the morning were the third day then God said let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and it was so then God made two great lights the great light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night he made the stars also God set them 
in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good so the evening and the morning were the fourth day then God said let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens so God created sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth so the evening and the morning were the fifth day then God said let the earth bring the bring forth the living creature according to its kind cattle and creeping thing and the beast of the earth of each according to its kind and it was so and God made the beast of the earth according to its kind cattle according to its kind and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind such order and God saw that it was good then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them then God blessed them and said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth and God said see I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose free fruit yields seed to you it shall be for food also to every beast of the earth to every bird of the air to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life I have given every green herb for food and it was so then God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good so the evening and the morning were the sixth day can you say amen to the reading of God's word father we thank you for your word we thank you for order. We thank you, God, that you're in control. We thank you, Lord, that every detail falls in your hands. We give you praise and honor. Speak to us tonight by your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I've called this sermon tonight, I've entitled it, Then God Said kind of made sense to me every time I read that sister Margaret then God said I loved it I about shouted I about shouted reading it but I didn't want to give you a hint as to what I was preaching about so I just wanted to subdue myself control my emotions but I get excited when I think about thank you Lord Can you really, I mean, think about it. Can you believe what's all in that first chapter, really? I mean, think about it. 
Then God said, God created, God turned the world into something. He spoke into the void in the form of nothing, spoke into all of that, and then he made all this beauty in order. I don't know if you've ever watched the earth on DVD and all the beauty that you can't imagine what all you haven't seen yet. God put all that together. Can you, I mean, the book of the Bible is amazing. And really, God set a high standard, if you think about it. He gets to Genesis chapter 1, the opening chapter, and he goes at a fast, dizzy space, doing all kinds of creation. One gripping event after another. Bam, 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 bam. I mean, anybody taking a look at that first chapter would be like, wow, I mean, this is going to be a blockbuster. This book is going to be a first national bestseller, and it is, to this day, still on the number one bestsellers list. This book written by God through the pens of people. This wonderful God, this one chapter, when I looked at this one chapter, I thought about the fact, I've only got, Brother Charlie, I've just got one message tonight out of this, but there are thousands of messages, I believe, thousands in that one chapter God is so intense he is so beautiful and amazing when you understand this is long before science long before research long before microscopes long before uh, they understood how you know going in and doing what they call autopsies of things before they ever knew anything I mean they're sitting back writing this stuff and they're understanding the intricate details that science has never ever contradicted isn't that amazing? I'd believe in God by reading chapter 1 of Genesis all by itself. Unbelievable. But in there you see his creativity. You see a pre... Oh, there's a sermon in there. I ought to set all you preachers free. I could like tag team all the preachers we got in the house tonight. His one message, jump up over here, preach on the creativity of God. Another one on the almighty power of God. Another one on the holiness of God. The providential care of God. Did you see it in there, in that first chapter? The fatherhood of God. You could see even there where it talks about, when he talks about let us make man in our image. The Trinity is there. There are thousands of messages in that one chapter. It's unbelievable. And we just, look, that's just a small glimpse of what the rest of the, all the discovery is going to be. So much power. But what we got to understand and what I started really starting to put together in my own notes is this. We've got to remember whenever you doubt, whenever you question, whenever you're wondering about life and where you are and what's going on, why don't you go back and read chapter 1 of Genesis. I didn't say go read the Psalms, although those are precious and beautiful and they'll set you free if you'll read them too. But you can literally go back to Genesis chapter 1 and when you begin to read that God spoke into nothing and into that nothing he created everything that has sustained life for you and I for the last 6,000 or so years I don't know if that's 6 million I'm not going to debate that with you I'm just going to say I know that he has had control going on for a long 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 time and when you understand that and you put this together, you can't believe that he is the same God 
the same God that touched me and started working on me. I'll never forget the night that I was sitting at Best Products working on Salem Avenue and I didn't want to go to camp meeting. I didn't want to go down there. I was fighting back and forth with that. My mother had already sent a message, baby, I hope you can go to camp meeting tonight. It's going to be real good. And I was that Pentecostal holiness mama praying for me again. I'd roll my eyes. I'd be like, mama, leave me alone. I got my friends. I'm doing my own thing. I mean, I was terrible. I would lie to her. I'd, put, I'd hide my socks until I couldn't find socks, so couldn't go to church. Y'all think I walked around my whole life playing a harp and speaking in tongues. I didn't even want to go to church. <laughs> but I remember that week of camp meeting. I remember, man, I was, in the, I was the manager over the toy department. I was in the Mattel aisle, and I was looking at all the new toys, and I was putting them out on shelves, and God, something inside of me kept saying over and over again, go to camp meeting, you better get off right at time so you can go to camp meeting, and I'm like, I'm not going to go to camp meeting, I don't want to go to camp meeting, he's like, you better go to camp meeting, you're going to go to camp meeting tonight, the Lord just kept knocking on my door, something, it was late this afternoon when I made the connection, Brother Robinson, that the God who created the earth. The God who spoke the worlds into existence and flung the stars out there. That God who put the rotation of all the planets in place. That God who spoke to the darkness and then made light. That same God was knocking on my heart that night. And it drove me crazy to think about the fact that that God, the God, the living God, had literally spoken to my heart and literally began to work and to move in me and to guide me and direct me and woo me by his spirit. That blows me away tonight. We ought not to ever doubt. We ought to never doubt the love of Almighty God. And we need to know this. I mean, there's a scripture in John chapter 5 where Jesus was talking and said, My father has been working until now. And I have been working, he said. Another translation I found says, My father never stops working. Do you know what that means? The creator, the awesome creator God over all the earth, has never stopped speaking and creating, never stopped working. Jesus himself confirmed it. He said, my father has been working until now. Still working, still working and moving. You and I understand and know God is at work in your life. God is active in your life. He's active in your loved one's lives. He's active tonight. They don't know it. They may not feel it. They may roll their eyes at it. But understand that God is still working in their life. He woke up, they woke up this morning and God was on the throne in their life. God is still working. The same God of creative power that was in the very beginning is the God who's working on your boy and on your girl tonight. He's there in the room where they are. Doesn't matter if they're down at the tavern. It doesn't matter if they're at the bowling alley. Doesn't matter if they're out playing tonight. Jesus Christ is following them and will not stop. Isn't that comforting? He's working. He's working. And God has the ability, the ability to move in and past every, every part of any hindrance or deception that they're fighting tonight. He, he's not worried. He's not nearly as worried as you are. He just keeps searching, seeking, leaving the 99 and going to where he can find that one. He knows where your son is. He knows right where he is. 
He knows what he's doing right this very second. You don't even know. He hasn't texted you in the last little while. You have no idea what he's out doing right now. But understand this. He walks with angels standing by his side. He is now being walked everywhere he goes with an escort from heaven. Because that is the mercy and the grace and the love of God. Amen. We understand that God is at work. You know, the second law of thermodynamics. I'm going to get real intelligent here for a minute. The second law of thermodynamics says this, that in every process, physical, natural, biological, industrial, or technological, if something which is in a state of order is left alone without any force or influence being applied to it, it will not improve, but rather it must move to a state of disorder and then to a state of chaos. Now, I said all that to say this. If that's true in the physical realm, and we know it is. I mean, how many of you, your cars get old? No matter how new they are when you buy them, they get old, right? I've had my house for four years. I walked outside. I got grass growing in my gutter. And I'm like, where did you come from? Everything begins to, I, I got to find ways now to, to clean up and to straighten up and somehow things are sagging and things are falling. And I got to put them back up and do these types of things. My house, my clothes wear out. I, I buy a nice suit or I buy a nice shirt and it ain't no time before I've sweated that thing wear, worn out. And it's something that just we understand. You don't have to be a rocket science to figure it out, a scientist to figure it out. Things digress, things die. I mean, that is your number one argument against evolution, if you think about it. Why would we argue against things evolving and getting better when they ain't a sign or intelligent evidence of anything in the world that gets better with time? Everything digresses. Everything dies. Everything erodes and fades. Everything begins to get rusty and everything falls apart. But if that's true in the physical realm, it's also true in the spiritual realm. But I want you to see how the creative power of God is necessary. It's necessary in the earth. It's necessary in the world around us. Trust me and know that as the earth is doing its thing and the stars are doing their thing, that God is still actively working on their behalf, keeping things alive. He made everything that he has ever spoken into existence. He makes it alive. The waters are alive. The dirt you pick it up, it's alive. Everything is living with God because he's always filtering it. He's always creating and speaking over it life. He's always doing what he can to make it strong and to make it better. The earth just keeps going. No matter how old it gets, it just keeps going because God is in control of it. And if we'll ever figure that out, the law that's at work right there, we'll understand that a spiritual law is also at work that says, I must Keep myself in the power of God, the creative power of God at all times. And if I'm doing that, we have to understand that's the power that is working in the lives of our loved ones. That it's working even now. There is a law at work. Your family, your lost loved ones are literally going down in their life erosion. They're going down, but God is speaking over them. And God is ready to control every circumstance around them to bring them to a place where they can truly understand God's strength and power. When I came to Christ, there was something very clear about me. I felt a need. 
And that's what happens in the spiritual realm when we begin to erode. We feel in need. I begin to feel very uh, unattached. I, I felt like I needed something. I, I, everything was going wrong. Life was crumbling all around me. I was doing all the things that everybody told me I couldn't do, and, and it wasn't no fun. It wasn't working out for me. It wasn't getting any better. Nothing was getting better. I kept thinking if I got free from church, if I got free from my mom and daddy's rules, if I got free and I got that out there, it, it just absolutely was the opposite of what I thought. Everything began to work against me, and I didn't find joy. I didn't find peace anywhere. But God, as sure as he created all things and spoke all things, he began to entice me with life. He began to entice me with his creative power. And I began to hear and remember the things that mom said, the things that the preacher said, the things that I'd seen in the church. You know, that's why that scripture is there that says, raise up a child in the way that he'll go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. You know why? Because your mind then becomes filled with things that God can go in there and creatively, supernaturally, just speak over and begin to... You, you say, well, they don't remember. They don't. They, you're right, they don't. But God knows where it is in the file bank. God knows how to go in there and speak that supernatural creative power over them so that they'll remember the things that, that they absolutely have think, thought they had forgotten. And when I begin to understand that God, the creative God, is at work, then I trust and I, I literally get behind this confidence and this boldness for my own loved ones, my own nephews and nieces that are lost. I, I want God, I want Him to know I trust His work in their lives. I want you to get a confidence tonight to trust God. And to trust. How many of you know a lot of times we get in the way of God's work? We try to figure it all out and try to fix it ourselves. We try to say things. We try to get out there and, and we mess it all up sometimes. It's right for us to understand God who created the world is able to minister in our chaos. He can speak to our chaos. And the example, the beautiful example of that is found in Genesis chapter 1. When we begin to look at what God did, what did he do first? The first thing he did was he turned darkness to light, verses 2 and 3. And darkness was on the face of the deep. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. I was in pitch darkness. I was in darkness so bad I couldn't figure out my next step. I didn't know what else. When I came to the Lord, I literally was at a place where I felt like I was the worst sinner on the face of the earth. I didn't think anybody was worse than me. And I, and I don't think, I, now in looking back, I think it was just the work of God. He was showing me darkness in my life. And I felt that darkness. And I felt like I had need. What you begin to pray right now, I want you to start praying a creative prayer over your lost loved ones. That's right. I want you to pray a creative prayer over them. The first thing I want you to pray is I want you to start saying, Lord, separate the light from the darkness in their life. Because when I began to see the light of God, that, that began to make me hungry. That began to make me thirsty for the work of God in my life. I wanted to know him for myself. I saw what others had, and I started wanting it. And I finally, my back was pushed up against the wall until I couldn't take another step in myself. And I wanted nothing more than to see God for myself. I remember the night I got saved. My big argument 
was as I felt the Spirit was speaking and the service was working towards me and I felt the creative power of God surging all around me. I felt it. My mother wasn't there. She was sitting down in the front with my Aunt Millie and they were having a good old Holy Ghost time. She didn't even know I had gotten there. It wasn't that somebody else was there. It wasn't anybody in particular that did anything. It was the creative God literally working with me up in the rafters of that hair arena. And there I sat. And he kept talking, and he kept knocking, and he kept working on me. He had me all the time. I'd remember things my mother said. She'd never guess I remember that she said those things. I'd remember things from church services. I'd remember different times that I'd feel the Spirit. It all came rushing back at me. Oh, why don't you pray with me that God will separate the light from the darkness in the loved ones in your life. Let God be God in them, and let him challenge the Word of God to speak over their lives. God, I pray that you will reveal light to them. Remove the darkness over them. Speak truth over them. Shine down the light. Because you know you can be in the darkest of dark rooms. You can feel like it is pitch black. And you won't know whether you take a step, if it's right or wrong. But if you will have just the smallest glimmer of a light shine, you'll begin to see and know what to do and what step to take. We'll pray right now. I want you to do it right now. You got a, how many lost loved ones? You got somebody. God, you know who they are. I want you to lift that, lift that hand up. I want to see it again. I want you right now, I want you to pray over them. We're, we're, in a, we're in a war field right here. We're in a battlefield. And I feel like we ought to pray right now. God, I want you to reveal to them light and darkness. I want them to see it. Speak over them. Then God said, then God said, I pray that you'll speak truth over them tonight that in the name of jesus lord we believe you we ask you to speak life over them separate the light from the darkness in their life let them see right now turn on the light as you have spoken it in their lives and let it be good let it be good tonight god in jesus name we pray that to your honor to your glory and to the power that belongs to you Amen. Do you believe that? I want you to give God praise. Let there be light. Let there be light. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul said in verse 6, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He says, it's the same God who spoke light over the darkness in the beginning. That's the God that will shine the light on our loved ones tonight. How many right now, all the way from California to New York City, down to Florida, all the way down. I mean, there are lights shining everywhere. They may be even shining over here in Middletown or over here in Mason or Waynesville or Lebanon. They might just be shining right now over here in Carlisle or Franklin. Do you believe that tonight? I believe it. I got faith. If you don't, I'm believing that's like lightning bugs. Like lightning. He is shining all over right now in this time, in this moment. I believe the Lord has spoken it and it's done. If you believe it, say amen. What else did he do? It said in verses 6 and 10 that now we know there's light. But he says, but now nothing's stable. It's all it's, it's all just out there, you know, just the light and the darkness and nothing really makes sense. It's still, it's all void still. It says God turns chaos to order. 
And that's what I loved about this whole thing. He went right down through. If you started watching, he started with the light and the darkness. He separated all that. He spoke over those waters. He did that. And then the next thing you know, he begins to speak. And when he speaks again, and can I remind you, he didn't have to do anything. He just, from his throne, the Bible says, and then God spoke. Then God spoke. Now, I remember years ago, Sister Sergeant was telling me about a message your father preached where he used, he used Genesis chapter 1, and he was, let there be, let there be light, let there be this. He started laying hands on people saying, let there be, and he had the anointing of God on him. I'd like to preach that message. That'd be a good one. Then God spoke. All he need to do, Caleb, is speak over your life one good time. All he need to do is speak over you tonight, every one of us in this house. If he just speaks over you, over the words you'll speak tomorrow at that funeral, life, God speaks through you tomorrow. That's done. I believe in the power. If we'll start walking in the CC, the separation between us and the miracles and the churches that are, are crying out that nothing's happening in these last days is because I believe there is activity going on in the spiritual realm. But so many of God's people are not walking in it. They're not walking in it and claiming that and taking hold of that. You know, what good is candy in a candy store if you go in with your hands tied behind your back? What good is it if you're hungry, if you've got food in front of you, but you won't sit down at the table and have anything to eat? I'm telling you, it's the same way. God will never force feed you. He'll never force himself in any way that's ungentlemanly. He'll always, always wait. The Bible says you have not because you, you ask not. So we have to understand it's a two-way street when it comes to us. We've got the mean business. We've got to pray. You want to see things happen in your life? Bailey, pray. You want to see things happen, Ethan, to where you can't explain it? Pray for the unexplainable. Begin to move every day in this truth of God, that creative power of God that literally can define the miracles that you want to see and I want to see in my life and yours. God speaks again. This time he separates the earth and the sky, and there's no atmosphere, and then there's an atmosphere. Then he speaks again, and the great continents of the land form around the ocean. And God brings everything together into a perfect environment. Can you see how it, wouldn't you love it? I hope they have a DVD when I get to heaven. I want to see creation. I want to see the account. Something better than the Discovery Channel did. I, I, I don't want to see their version. I want to see God's version. I want to pull it up, get me in a, an easy chair in heaven, sit next to Peter maybe, and let's have a little Diet Coke with lime, and then we'll turn around and we'll watch the DVD of the creation account. Wouldn't it be wonderful to see when we look down, whoa, I'm telling you, when we get there and we look at the power that he has and we begin to see it in action, when we go to the part in the chapter where he literally divided the waters or when he rained down manna from heaven, when we begin to even look at the creation account and we see how the stars begin to fling out there and put in themselves in place when he designed the little dipper and he put all these things out. Don't you know when we begin to really see that, we'll never one more day doubt or be in discouragement ever again if we would just see him for who he really is tonight there'd be healings there'd be deliverances there'd be all kinds of salvation there'd be the work of god in the kingdom happening in the house 
if we'd see him for who he really is. We live beneath our privilege. We live beneath. We put God in some big old box. We walk around like weaklings in the kingdom of God. I want to announce to cancer, you better be afraid not of the man, but be afraid of the God who can heal and who can touch. I want to look at the devil in every one of his plans. You know, we've got to the point where we're more scared of the devil than we are of living right. We're afraid of the devil. We got him as this big old monster out there. We think he is so in control, and we're afraid to get him, go anywhere near him. We won't even get into spiritualism, or we won't dare pray in spiritual warfare anymore. We want to stand, stand back, man. We don't want to get involved in all that. I'm telling you, somebody is going to have to get their ro sleeves rolled up and get out there in the middle of this battle and begin to let God be God and let him speak power through you in a creative way. Begin to speak now over those family members, over the denied my focus, my heart all afternoon has been on our lost loved ones. I, wanted, I love it when we talk about the people that get saved. We're never going to stop reaching out to the lost and trying to do our best to send that gospel message. But you know what? I'm asking God for a revival of our kids. I'm asking God for a revival of your son and your daughter and your husband and your wife, your grandpa, your grandma. I'm looking for our prayer requests to be met. Amen? I want to see that. Say it in the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus. He turns order from chaos. He puts order back in. God is able to take circumstances that are absolutely beyond your power and his creative power, his speaking power, is able to absolutely bring order out of chaos. He can speak to the mess you're in. He can speak to the finances. He can speak to the relationship. He can speak to all those things that are always in your path and cannot you can't get things straight because you're always always wrestling and struggling I'm telling you it's time to look past the idea of struggling and get to the idea that we understand I may be perplexed I said it this morning but I'm not knocked out I am not distressed beyond my ability to get back up I get knocked down I'm gonna get right back up every time I'm gonna be like that thing at the gaming room when you knock it down it comes back up I want to keep popping back up until God knows I mean business in my trust I mean business in my faith and I am not gonna be detoured left or right devil I'm no match for you but what is in me created the heavens and the earth what is in me spoke to the darkness and called it light what is in me brought order out of chaos and you better watch out amen amen hallelujah it is not you and me don't get all highfalutin in yourself you ain't nobody you are nothing but a vessel of clay. You'll die in the ground just like everybody else. But if you'll understand, the one who created the earth, he, the one who created the stars, the one who put the birds in the air, the mountains in place, and the lions on top, those, that power is inside you tonight. It'll cause you to build whatever you got to build. It'll build your family. It'll build your finance. It'll build your life and your faith until you'll see God do mighty things for you in your life through you. You believe that? Say amen. Because what did he do next in verses 11 through 13? And boy, 
and my tires. It's been a tough week, but guess what? Can I tell you something? Two days of ICU, three brain bleeds that all stopped miraculously, and that boy is sitting at home tonight with his mama by his side, and he is doing fine. <laughs> Hallelujah! Glory to God! It was a tough week for us. We had a funeral, two funerals, and we had two weddings. Two weddings this weekend. Wonderful to celebrate with all these people, but I'm tired. Thank you. <laughs> Couldn't do that. This church is over. But we look at what God can do. It's in verses 11 through 13. He takes that stable, organized environment, but yet it's all organized, and it's all pretty, and it all looks nice sitting there on the shelf of God. But then he looks at it and he says, okay, it's time to speak life over it. It's time for there to be life in this and make it have something grow. And it's got to grow and it's got to be alive. And so then he begins and he turns, my word is he turns barrenness to life. He turns deadness into life. And that's what I'm praying tonight over those loved ones. I'm praying that God will speak into the deadness of their life. That God will literally take the barrenness, the unfruitfulness. He will literally begin to speak in that and let there arise a supernatural creative power that literally becomes the newness of a created force inside of them. That's what I want. Some of you in here need that tonight, don't you? You need God to do that again. You've become, you, you've gotten so it's a worn out and you've gotten tired. And oh, it's so, I know, it's so easy for us in the in the kingdom work and we, we we think we know all the answers and we try to figure everything out for ourselves and sometimes we get a little barren in our own fruitfulness and sometimes we get a little much on our own we get our, our own ideas and we try to work things out for ourselves and we kind of get ahead of God and then we start trying to tell God how to do it and you, you know what I'm talking about I've been there surely you have Maybe you've come in here tonight, and you heard that rain out there, and you'd say in your spirit right now, boy, Lord, I could sure use a rain shower or two. I could sure use a little fruitfulness in my life. I could sure use a little downpour in my soul. I'm telling you right now, he is the God who is able to speak that life over you right now where you sit. He can give you rest. He can give you charge. He can give you energy. He can renew your own vision. He can turn whatever has been chaotic and unfruitful in your life. And hey, here's something. Are you ready? He can do it in an instant. He can do it in a spoken word. He can go down to Oklahoma and he can have that word spoke over her life in five seconds. It is nothing for God to do a great work instantaneously. Are you believing that with me tonight? I'm not talking. We're so used now to waiting, aren't we? We're like, well, you know, in God's time. Well, I believe in that. But you know what? I think sometimes you're, you're, God's been sitting back looking at you. Well, I'll, I'll do it now if you'll just claim it. I'll do it now if you'll just call it done. What is it that the, the Paul was writing in Romans when he said, the God who calleth those things that be not as though they were? we got to start speaking some things into existence now. I'm not going to go down with the ship calling God a patient God and that i got to be patient with this work. I'm going to go down with God saying, man, that boy won't give me a rest. I'm going to start calling things done. I'm calling your loved ones saved tonight. I'm calling them sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm calling new life into them. And I'll go down. And man, I, God may take a little more time than I want. That's up to him. 
But I'm going to go down with him saying, boy, that boy sure believes me, don't he? Wouldn't you rather have faith tonight than to literally sit back and try to wait on something? I'm telling you, I want to see it done. Barrenness to life, that's God, and that's what he can do. He turns empty years. He turns empty years to full seasons. Solomon wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. In other words, translations, another translation says, meaningless, meaningless, life is meaningless. It's all vain. It's just passing time. Without God, without God, that's true. But one thing I love about God is not only does he cause life, that he causes these seasons of life. The beauty of the creation is how everything is new. Everything literally is changing. Everything is growing in God. Isn't that beautiful? Here the, the very law of thermodynamics says that it all must go backwards, but yet every time you see anything that God has anything to do with, it just keeps getting better all the time. Isn't that wonderful? That's the contradiction. That's proof to you and I that God is God, and he's sitting on the throne. You come to him. Before you come to him, your life was getting worse. Everything was falling apart. You were crumbling. Everything around you was falling apart. But you give your life to Christ. How many have done that? You gave your life to Christ, and things have gotten better on the inside of you ever since. You've been working in the other direction. I like the little grannies that get up and say, it gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. I didn't understand that until I got up in a little years, and I had a few experiences behind me. And then I started to realize that through every trial, through every cave, through every fire, through every waterfall, through everything I had to go through, I kept coming out on the other side with a little more strength and a little more stamina, a little more confidence and I started getting to the idea where I figured out God was up to something the whole time God's been working on me he's been working on you he has found you he has sought you out and he is empowering you and your circumstances that you thought were literally taking you to the edge of nowhere you suddenly find out that God was up to something the whole time and now you're walking a path of joy and peace and comfort and love and God's turning it all around for you but isn't it amazing how he gets us to this place of nothingness first and then when we finally get to that place where we need then it all opens up to us and we see life we see order we see fruitfulness and then we see the seasons that he takes us through to just keep us growing Keep us growing. Keep us moving together. He took all this and spoke to my life, especially the next one. It says he turns lack to abundance. In verses 20 through 25, you've got the, the fish and the sea creatures, and you've got the birds that fill the air, and you've got all of these things. Literally all of that order, all of that beauty, all of that fruitfulness, everything the herbs and everything the grass and everything comes together and then god fills it with abundance birds everywhere too many bugs i might add fills the earth with so much life can you believe the life forms that are out there i sat and watched a mole in my backyard this afternoon 
that sucker's going down. I have a bird feeder out there. And don't you know that thing crawled up the side of the tree, jumped onto that thing, pulled it down to the ground, ate every bit of the seed that was in there. I looked at him and he sat there on his little lump of dirt staring at me. I stared back at him and I said, wait till I get home. So much life out there. So much life. You go out there and dig you up a pile of dirt and watch all the life that's crawling all over your fingers. You can't believe the way he's created, the way he's spoken, the way that he's put this ordered world, beauty, beautifully together. How can we dare to think, Mary, that same God is not taking care of me? And she sang that tonight when they were singing, and, and I forget, I think it was Emma said, he is jealous for me. I was sitting there and I thought, you know, I never have really liked that word. God ought not to be jealous. But the Lord spoke it fresh to me tonight. And he said, I'm jealous for you. And when I took it personal, when I saw it personal, Emma, I couldn't believe it. I sat there and I said, you're, you're jealous? You're jealous of anything that gets my attention? Anything that takes me away from you? You get jealous? And the Lord said, I'm jealous for you. And I said, God, I'll do everything in my power to make sure you never have to deal with jealousy over me. Do you realize that same God, that God who put a man and a woman together and come up with a beautiful design to make these beautiful babies, and he put all that love together, that same God is jealous for you? God had created the world and put the beautiful plants and the trees and all these things and all of this out there just so beautiful. That God is jealous over you. Doesn't that do something down inside of you? Doesn't that just touch you? I mean, how could we not? We've gotten so far away. We've gotten so far away. I understand now how the Israelites would get off track so easy because sometimes we're the same way. We get caught up in our laws. We get caught up in our ways. We get caught up in our own uh, ideologies. And we get far away from just who he is. And if we just see Missy Anderson afresh and brand new tonight, if we just get a glimpse of his love for us, his power over us, his spoken word over us, if we just understand how much of a God, the Bible talks in the Old Testament, how he walks to and fro on the earth seeking people to make himself glorified in, to look for things to show himself powerful and mighty, and he's looking for you and I, trying his best to bring to our own lives that sense of order and abundance. He wants to open up doors of opportunity for you. He wants to open up an abundance of doors. He wants to open up an abundance. Some of you in here, you need an abundance of joy. You need wisdom. You need blessing. You need strength. Some of you need healing tonight. God wants to bless you abundantly. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He turns powerlessness 
into control. Man was originally supposed to be over everything. He was supposed to control everything. He said, now you take dominion. And let these things be subdued to you. You own the fishes and the seas, the animals, the trees. You own it all. You own the ground. You own the fruit. You own it all. Let it be for food and for everything else, but you own it. You subdue it. And then man fell. And when man fell, he literally, in shame, looked up to the God that then so desperately loved him that literally found a way to reconcile him. God who loves you. Would you stand with me tonight? The idea of giving us the power to control. God wants you. He wants you to be in control. You see, the world tells us, you know, Melissa, the world will say, get away from your parents. Be free. The world will say to you young people, get out of that church. Get free. Get out of the school. Man, get set free from school so you can be free. The devil worked that up, you know. You know that's probably one of the biggest lies you'll ever hear in all of your life. If you don't know it, you're hearing it tonight. Pastor Ray's telling you. Pastor Kim preaches to you. The biggest lie you'll ever hear in all your life is that to get away from order, to get away, to get away from God, to get away from your faith, to get away from the truth, oh, that's freedom. I'll never forget the young man that called me from Columbus when I was a youth minister. And he's the first one that ever said this to me. He said, Pastor Ray, what do you do when you have done everything they ever said no to? I mean, you've done it all. And it's still not enough. And it didn't make you happy. And you're miserable. He, this is like 4 o'clock in the morning. What do you do when you've done everything on the list that they told you was going to be freedom? What do you do when you've done all that and you're still miserable? I said, well, do you remember when we talked about turning it over to Jesus? Do you remember when we talked about that? You see... With everything with God, it's so opposite what we, we're trained by this world to understand. It's kind of like a weed eater. I got me a weed eater the other day, and I was cleaning out some woods in my area, in my house. And I had to change that old spool, and I had an adapter. And I didn't know, I sat there forever trying to screw this adapter on this, you know, I was going crazy trying to figure it out. I threw it a couple of times, spiritually, and... I was turning it and turning, and then I thought, you're just not, you're not holding it straight. So I'm like, hold it straight, Ray. And I'm like, now I've wasted 15, 20 minutes trying. I couldn't, I thought, I'm going to strip this thing. It's going to be not worth anything if I don't stop. Finally, I pulled the directions out and looked at them, and they tore in half. And I'm like, oh, put them together. I looked down, and it said, reverse thread. In order to tighten, go left. 
I put that down and I said, all my life, I have been taught right to tight, left to loose. You're not allowed to change the rules now. I turn this way. I was just like, <laughs> you'll never forget that illustration, will you? Listen, listen. The devil is full of lies. He wants to tell you, and the world wants to tell you what's normal, what's right. This is the way it's supposed to be. And God says, no, with me. It's the opposite. You want to really be in control? You really want to be free? You want to be, I, it feels good to wake up in the morning with no guilt, no condemnation, no worries, not having to be enslaved to nothing. To literally get up in the morning and feel like I'm, I could dance, I could run, I could shout. I'm free on the inside from the head to my feet. I love the freedom that comes in letting go of all the world's ideals. There ain't nothing better than that. If we'll understand it tonight, he wants you to be back in control again. He wants you to be in control. But it don't look like what they say. The devil's a liar got to go the other way you want happiness go against what they say they say go out and find love in all the wrong places you say uh uh I'm gonna find love on my knees with God he's gonna direct my path and he's gonna lead me in happiness and peace and joy real joy is not found in a bottle real peace is not found in a pill no matter what the devil says telling you some Christians need to get free lay it down and give it over to the Lord let him set you free let him be in control of giving you control back over your life where you were meant to rule you were meant to reign as king over your own destiny God wants you to be empowered to serve him as he leads he loves to sit back on his throne Jen, he loves to sit back and go, go on, girl. Go on. Go left. Yeah, that's right. Go left. That's my best plan for you. Jeremiah 29 11. Go right. Duran, take about five steps over here and go into that door right there. You're going to all do it, Duran. Go ahead. You go on. He loves directing you and I into our own success. He's going to do that tonight. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You need to trust Jesus. You need to let him come into your life. I'm going to make an invitation for you right now. If you're here and you need Jesus in your life, you already know you need it. The Holy Spirit has already been knocking on your door, and I don't need to make a big old begging plea to you. I'm believing that the Lord has already done. If you are here tonight and you need Jesus, then I am believing the work has already been done, and all you need to do is respond. We're going to pray right there where you're standing, and I want you I want you, if you, well, I'm going to do something different. Would you just, every one of you, get, would you take just a minute and get out of your pew and let's meet? It's a Sunday night. It's only 734. If you would, come on down to this altar with me. I want us to stand together in the altar of God. Hallelujah. Find somebody to stand by. Don't just stand there by yourself. We're brothers and sisters together. Find somebody to stand by.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here standing in this altar tonight, somebody's going to reach over and put their hand around you in just a moment. But if you're here tonight and you need Jesus in this altar, I want you right now just as brave and as confident as you can. I want you to shoot your hand up right where you are and right back down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. People going to get right with the Lord. Is anybody else? I just need things right with Jesus. I'm not telling you I, I haven't been saved. I ain't telling you where I'm. I'm just saying I need Jesus tonight. I want things right with me and him. Are you here? Anyone else? Now, would you reach over and make contact with somebody? Just a light little hand. Don't get all in their business. Just a just little hand on their shoulders, fine. wants to pray right now all of us together let's pray and bring these people to the Lord dear Lord Jesus come into my heart forgive me of my sins I come to you tonight I need you Jesus you died for me and you rose for me you took all my sins on the cross I give you my heart I believe you're the son of God I confess it with my mouth I believe it in my heart. I give you my life. Be my Lord. From this moment forward, I will serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But now, church for us. I want, you to, I want you to find three or four folks standing around you. I want you to be a prayer partner with somebody tonight in this altar. Some of you might need to spread out a little bit. Find three or four people, five people. It don't matter how many there are. But I want you to pray for one another that God's creative power will begin to work right now over our lost loved ones, over your own life and trust and confidence with the Lord. I want to see miracles begin to take place as God speaks them over every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl in this house. Would you right now begin to pray for those in your circle? Hallelujah. Let God use you. Let God use you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We honor your presence tonight, God. We ask you to touch every man touch every woman Lord let your work be done in their lives God we're praying for our lost sons and our lost daughters we're lifting them up to you tonight speak life over them speak power over them find them God right where they are tonight in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we thank you God we honor you Lord oh arrest their soul Reveal to them, God. Speak life over them. Speak light in the darkness over them, God. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, and we honor you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Fire. I'll provide the sacrifice. 
familiar passage of scripture closing tonight it's simply this it belongs to one of you he gives us beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that we should be called the planting the creation of God. Amen? Can you say amen tonight? Amen. Now, young people, help me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. God bless you tonight. Hug about 26 people.
God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you, oh my soul. I thirst for you, my body aches in a dry and weary life. 